Welcome. Welcome to Tea with Me. I'm Elder Hayes, and tonight I will share with you about being the apple of God's eye. This walk has not been an easy one, not in this day and time. But you have to remember, he never promised that it would be. I heard the word of the Lord say in his word, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Praise God, the apple of his eye. It is a comfort to know that Jesus is leading the way and in times, even in past times when my foot has slipped. God did not leave me. He didn't forsake me. He just waited for me to get up, shake the dust off of myself, and get back on that path that he had laid before me. I heard it said that if you want to make God laugh, tell him what your plans are. <laughs> it was his love and his mercy, and with that gentle nudge of his shepherd's staff, that he nudged me back on that righteous path. And today, tonight, I can say to you, I am ever so grateful. In the book of Psalms, in the 18th division, uh, beginning at the first verse, the word of God says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. See, he is my buckler and the horn of my salvation. He is my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snars of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and I cried out unto my God. And he heard my voice out of his temple. My cry came before him, even into his ears. Psalm 17 and 8 says, Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. The Psalms here uses two figures which recall God's love and care for his faithful people. One, the apple of the eye. The apple of the eye got its name because it's a round shaped, the pupil. It is the pupil in the Hebrew metaphor. It expresses something greatly valued and dear. The delicate part of the eye that is essential for vision and that therefore must be protected at all costs. Number two, no part of the body seemingly is more precious, more tender, and more carefully guarded than the eye. And the eye, no portion more particular to be protected than the central apple, the pupil. 
or as in the Hebrew Bible is called the daughter of the eye. In verse eight, it states, keep me as the apple of the eye. See, the all-wise creator has placed the eye in a well-protected position. See, it stands surrounded by projecting bones like Jerusalem encircled by its mountains. Moreover, its great author, the creator, has surrounded it with many tunics of inward covering. Besides the hedge of the eyebrows, the curtain of the eyelids automatically closing when there is just the least possibility of danger made it the emblem of that which was most precious and jealously protected. The fence of the eyelashes protect the eye from debris and perform some of the same functions as the whiskers of a cat in the sense that they are so sensitive to be in touch that thus a flying object, such as an insect that comes flying near the eye, it instantly closes just by reflexes, just close because it's to protect that eye. In addition to this, he has given to every man so high a value for his eyes and so quick an apprehension of danger that no member of the body is more faithfully cared for than the organ of sight. In that same scripture, it says, hide me under the shadow of thy wings. The shadow of thy wings. Now this metaphor drawn from the imagery of a hen that protects her young with her wings. Whence it, when it hears that danger is near. You, you, you ever watched a hen that when she senses danger, she just paws and she starts looking around and all of a sudden she make a cluck, cluck, cluck sound and those little biddies they come running under their mother's wings and, and she just barrels down and cover them. And all you see is just her sitting there. You don't even see any of those little chicks. She's protecting them. And that's how God does us. We can just run in to him and he just protects us. Psalms 36 and 7 says, how precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. Psalms 57 and 1, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. Psalm 61 and four says, I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings, Selah. Psalm 63 and seven says, because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. Psalms 91 and four, he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. Even as that parent bird completely shield her brood from evil and meanwhile cherish them with the warmth of her own heart by covering them with her wings, so do thou with me most consenting God, for I am thine offspring and thou has a parent's love and perfection. Confident expectations should keep pace with earnest supplication.
All the saints of God are dear to God always. Why? Because they are the apple of God's eye. You are the apple of God's eye. A personal relationship with God will give believers confidence in a future life with God and a certainty that he will not abandon them to the grave. Psalm 73 and 26 says, My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. This evening, I'm going to speak regarding being the apple of God's eye, being in that protected shadow of his wings. The phrase apple, the phrase apple of my eye refers to something or someone that is cherished above all others. Developing a personal relationship with God where he provides you with exceptional care because you are the cherished one. My relationship with Jesus is like that river, ever flowing. And just like the river, sometimes it swells, causing its banks to overflow. That's when the Holy Ghost has its way. Like a burst of quick lightning when it strikes. Your hands go up. Your shoulders begin to sway. Your body is pushed from a sitting position to standing. Your feet begin to move even when there is no music. It's just the sound of a mighty rushing wind filling your heart within. It's just you and Jesus in that moment. Back in April, I was asked to speak at one of the bishop's churches. And the topic of the service was, my affair with Jesus is not seasonal. Mm, I had to think about that one as I researched the word. This topic was not as the dictionary would describe an affair. Remember, the topic is, my affair with Jesus is not seasonal. Not as the way the dictionary described an affair. Not the way that the Bible described the affair. See, an affair is not a happening or an occurrence or an episode. The topic was not business as usual in the business sense. It had nothing to do with the fling or flirtation or dalliance or liaison, which do not require involvement and dedication from all parties, from all the involved parties. My relationship comes with excitement, mystery, good days, and days that make one pause and exclaims, but God. Being the apple of his eye, you will have many days when you will proclaim loudly to anyone within hearing distance, but God. Why? Because you know that you know that no one could have done it. And see, you know what the it was. No one could have done it, but God. No one could have performed it but God. No one could have healed you but God. No one could have or would have provided the place of refuge in the time of a storm but God. When you were in the lion's den, and we've all been there, when you were in the lion's den, there was no one that could have pulled you out but God. When you were lost, But now that you're found, you knew it was the Lord reaching down and pulling you up out that Maury clay. It was no one but God. No one could have delivered you but God. No one could have saved you but God. No one 
can offer you salvation but God. Getting to know him, getting to know all about him, taking on his yoke to learn of him is putting yourself in a right relationship with God. Why do you want to be in that right relationship? Because you are the apple of his eye. See, my relationship made me hungry. My relationship made me want to learn more about this man named Jesus. My relationship wanted me to find out all I possibly could about this man from Galilee. John 13 and 34 told me I had to learn a new command. It was to love one another. Because he said, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. The more that I learned about him, the more I wanted to become, like the scripture said, the apple of his eye. I wanted to develop a relationship, a personal relationship, where beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus knew just how much I loved him. There is an old hymn that say it all. I love him. I love him because he first loved me and he purchased my salvation on Calvary's tree. Oh, praise God. Oh, those mothers in the church, they know they could sing that song. When you sing that song, and not because you are following along with everybody else, but you're singing it from your heart, Jesus know that you mean every sense of every word. I love him. Oh, because he first loved me. At that time, you are sending up a sweet aroma, a sincereness from the heart sacrificing, worshiping him, honoring the relationship that you have with him. In the book of 2 Timothy, the second chapter, verses 11 through 13, it reads, it is faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, saints, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. In the book of Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter, the sixth verse says, he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. God loves you and you are the apple of his eye. He will keep you. Jesus will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on him. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. God will cover you with his wings. When the world seems like it has turned upon you, God will keep you warm with the beating of his heart. His tender mercies are renewed every morning, his love, care, and thoughtfulness. Why? Because you are his. He molded and he shaped you and he blew, blew the breath of life into you. You are his image. Oh, praise God. You were created in his image. Praise God. So when he looked down upon you, he see himself because he is living within you. Oh, praise God. Saints, you were bought with the price beyond measure beyond measure. From the moment that he laid aside his heavenly garments, when the Lord said, who shall I, who shall go? 
who shall I send? He said, I'll go. Oh, praise God. From the moment that he spoke everything into existence. For he said, in the beginning, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh Father, from the moment he spoke to Moses, his servant, the prophets, to guide his people in the right way. From the moment he brought Israel out of Egypt to the moment he climbed up on that old rugged cross, from the moment he hung his head, from the moment he rose again on the third day, from the moment he ascended to the moment that he sent the keeper, the comforter, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. You, you are special to him. You, his creation, each and every one of you, oh, praise God, in the name of Jesus, you are special to him. You are his people. You were bought with the price. He thought of you because you are the apple of his eye. In the name of Jesus, pray for me. This concludes this evening's Tea With Me. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for allowing us to gather, to share, and listen to your word. I pray that you will bless the hearer of your word. I pray that you will walk with the doer of your holy word. Bless them one by one and name by name. And as they lay in slumber on their bed this night, dispatch, I pray, your heavenly angels to encamp around their bedside. Keep them, Father, in the ark of safety. Cover them, Lord. Bless them, for only you know, Lord God, what they're in need of. Only you know what their wants are. Only you know what their heart's desires are. In the name of Jesus, bless every marriage, Father God. Bless every child, son, and daughter, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, cover them, Lord God, in their going out as well as their coming in, Father. Bless them on their jobs, oh, Lord God. And, Father, if they're in search of a job, open up the door, Lord God, and allow them, Father God, to walk in, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, bless, Lord God, each and every household in the name of Jesus. Cover with your precious blood, Lord God, and protect and shield, Lord God, in a time such as this, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, hold on to our hands and lead us and guide us into all truths, oh, God, in the name of Jesus. And let us remember that we belong to you and not to ourselves, to give you honor and glory in all things in the name of Jesus. Help us to recognize, Father God, the love, Lord God, that you have showered down upon us in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, and we bless your holy name. In times such as these, we need you, Lord. We need you more today than yesterday. Now, may the grace of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost, rest, rule, and abide. May he bless you and keep you. May he cover all of us in the name of Jesus. May he bless us in our going and coming. This, saints, I thank you for sharing with me this cup of tea. I am Elder Hayes. I thank you for tuning in. Until next time, blessings in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' holy name, I pray. Amen.